good versus evil, light versus darkness, truth versus lies, restoration versus destruction, life versus death. Two figures exist in the Bible that are essentially polar opposites. One is the hero, the other a villain. The hero arrives to save, the villain to destroy. While one delivers the truth, the other spews lies. And yet, the one we need, the hero, is rejected. The villain, the one who embodies hate and causes destruction, is welcomed by the world with open arms. Today on the Tove Podcast, we explore 10 contrasts between Christ and the Antichrist. The Tove Podcast. The Tove Podcast is a ministry of Life and Messiah International. Life and Messiah is the oldest non-denominational Jewish ministry in North America. Since our founding in Chicago in 1887, our staff have been faithfully and passionately fulfilling their calling of sharing God's heart for the Jewish people. This is fulfilled by way of evangelism, discipleship, and training. You can learn more about the work that God is doing and get involved yourself by heading over to lifeinmessiah.org. Well, today's material for the podcast largely comes from the Bible, as well as a reference that we've used here on the podcast before. That reference is a helpful booklet called Charts of Bible Prophecy. Its authors are Dr. Wayne House and Dr. Randall Price. I recommend this resource for your library, as it contains helpful timelines, charts, explanations of different views of the end times, and other helpful content. As I've said before, I don't get any kickbacks, no perks from mentioning these resources that I find helpful. No one is paying me for advertising on this podcast. I mention the people and resources I do because I really do find them helpful, and I think you might too. As was mentioned in the introduction... This episode will focus on the contrasts between the Messiah, who I believe is God incarnate, and the anti-Messiah, or Antichrist. Though there are 
many more contrasts than we could possibly cover in one episode. We're going to cover 10 of these contrasts today. By the end of our study, you should be familiar with some of the defining characteristics of both of these individuals. Since we will know the essence of each individual, we can then become more aware in our daily lives exactly who's responsible for influencing certain events, decisions, and circumstances that we all encounter on a daily basis. And then we'll get to decide, who do we choose to follow? Before we begin, it should be noted that the term Antichrist is only found in several passages, those being 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, verse 22 in the same chapter, chapter 4, verse 3, and 2 John 7. A study of John's usage of the prefix anti in the word antichrist seems to indicate that anti is best understood as meaning against Christ. As we'll see, the antichrist is against everything having to do with the Messiah, including his purposes, his plans, his will, his program, his kingdom, his people, and so on. So, without further ado, let's begin with our first contrast. Our first contrast between the Messiah and the Antichrist has to do with authority. For one has the authority of God, the other the authority of Satan. Let's start with the Messiah. In John chapter 14, verses 7 through 11, Jesus teaches the following. If you know me you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Lord, said Philip, show us the Father, and that's enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been among you all this time without your knowing me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father's in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. And in another passage relating to authority, the Messiah says that he has authority over life, which is an attribute of God Almighty. He says this in John chapter 10, Verses 14 through 18. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me, as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. But I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I am laying down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. So we see there in two different passages that the Messiah has authority that has been bestowed upon him by the Father. We could look at multiple other passages that talk about how the Father gives His Son authority, including 
authority over a kingdom. But, for now, let's move on to the Antichrist, because we see that he also has authority that has been given to him. In Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 through 4, John writes the following about the dragon, who is the devil, and the Antichrist, who is the beast. says this, And I saw a beast coming up out of the sea. He had ten horns and seven heads. On his horns were ten diadems, and on his heads were blasphemous names. The beast I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like a bear's, and his mouth was like a lion's. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. One of his heads appeared to be fatally wounded, but his fatal wound was healed. The whole earth was amazed and followed the beast. They worshipped the dragon because he gave authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to wage war against him? No matter who the identity of this beast might be, we see that this beast has been given authority, just as the Messiah had been given authority. The difference is, one comes from God Almighty, who is good and loving and compassionate. The other comes from Satan, who is a destroyer, a liar, and a deceiver. That brings us to our second contrast between the Messiah and the Antichrist. Our second contrast is this. The Messiah was descended from above, whereas the Antichrist ascended from the pit. In John chapter 6, verses 35 through 40, Jesus of Nazareth says the following, I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. But as I told you, you've seen me, and yet you do not believe. Everyone the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of those he has given me, but should raise them up at the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Now, what we see from this passage, again, is that the Messiah comes down from heaven to do the will of the Father. And, of course, what he's mentioning there about raising up those who belong to him has to do with the future resurrection of believers. This is compared to the Antichrist, who comes up out of the abyss. We see this in the book of Revelation, chapter 11, verses 5 to 7. John writes the following about the two witnesses present during the tribulation period. If anyone wants to harm them, fire comes from their mouths and consumes their enemies. If anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this way. These men have the power to close up the sky so that it does not rain during the days of their prophecy. They also have power over the waters to turn them into blood 
and to strike the earth with every plague whenever they want. When they finish their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the abyss will make war with them, conquer them, and kill them. Again, what we see here is the contrast. The Messiah came down from heaven to do the will of his Father, which includes preserving people. Yet the Antichrist comes up out of the abyss to make war and kill people. This brings us to our third contrast between the Messiah and the Antichrist. And that is this. The Messiah is a son of God, whereas the Antichrist is called the son of perdition. In his gospel, Luke writes the following in chapter 1, verses 34 and 35. Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not been intimate with a man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. You see, the title the angel gives to Mary's baby here is Son of God. And this is a clear messianic reference, going back to Psalm chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, which says, I will declare the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. Now, being called the Son of God is set in contrast to the Son of Perdition or Destruction, which we see Paul using this title in his letter to the church at Thessalonica. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, it says the following, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be easily upset in mind or troubled, either by a spirit or by a message or by a letter as if from us, alleging that the day of the Lord has come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. The contrast of the sons is clear here. One, the Messiah, is a son who has been given his authority by the Father. He has the anointing of God's Spirit. The other son, the son of destruction or perdition, is opposed to God the Father. Yes, he also has a spirit, but this is a spirit that seeks destruction and lawlessness. Our fourth contrast has to do with the will of each of these individuals. The Messiah came to do the Father's will, whereas the Antichrist comes to do his own will. The will of the Messiah is clearly stated in John chapter 6, verse 38, when Jesus makes the following claim, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. Now, compare this with the will of the Antichrist, which is recorded in Daniel chapter 11, verse 36. Then the king will do whatever he wants. He, referring to the Antichrist, will exalt and magnify himself above every god, and he will say outrageous things against the god of gods. He will be successful until the time of wrath is completed, because what has been decreed 
will be accomplished. The difference in wills here is very clear. Jesus comes to do the will of his Father in heaven. He submits himself. He gives of himself. He lays down his life because his Father has tasked him to do so. Whereas the Antichrist, as we learn in Daniel chapter 11, as well as other portions of Scripture, exalts and magnifies himself. He proclaims to the world that he is God. And we even learn in other passages that he sets himself up in the place of God in the future temple. This is a major difference in wills. Well, this brings us to the fifth contrast between the Messiah and the Antichrist. And that has to do with mystery. One, the Messiah, operates out of the mystery of godliness, whereas the Antichrist operates out of the mystery of iniquity. The mystery of godliness is connected to the Messiah in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. There, Paul records the following, And most certainly, the mystery of godliness is great. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated in the Spirit, seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Here, Paul connects the Messiah's work of salvation and resurrection and even ascension to the mystery of godliness. Now, this is in contrast to the Antichrist, who, as mentioned, is connected to the mystery of iniquity. We see Paul making this claim in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 5 to 10. It says this, Don't you remember that when I was still with you, I told you about this? And you know what currently restrains him, referring to the Antichrist, so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, but the one now restraining will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working with all kinds of false miracles, signs, and wonders, and with every unrighteous deception among those who are perishing. They perish because they did not accept the love of the truth in order to be saved. What we see here in verse 7 is that Paul connects the Antichrist's activities and revealing to the mystery of iniquity or mystery of lawlessness, depending on your translation. And I want us to take note that this mystery of lawlessness or iniquity is already at work in the world. This is something that everybody needs to be aware of. This individual who opposes God who exalts himself, who deceives, who lies, is already at work in the world today. Well, that takes us through our first five contrasts between the Messiah and the Antichrist. When we come back, we'll take a look at five more contrasts between these two individuals on the Tove Podcast. Since 1887, Life in Messiah has helped Christians understand the Jewish roots of our faith and God's ongoing commitment to His people. 
We teach that anti-Semitism is inconsistent with biblical faith, and we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, which includes her spiritual renewal as well as physical safety. In all we do, our priority is to share the gospel message. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or at lifeinmessiah.org. That's lifeinmessiah.org. Welcome back to the Tove Podcast. We are in the midst of a biblical study on the contrasts between the Messiah and the Antichrist. We've already covered five of those contrasts, and now we're ready to take on five more. Our sixth contrast is this. One individual, the Messiah, is described as a man of sorrows, whereas the Antichrist is described as a man of lawlessness. We see this messianic description in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. There, Isaiah, writing about 700 years before the appearance of the Messiah, says the following, Who has believed what we've heard? And who has the arm of the Lord been revealed to? He, referring to the Messiah, grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have any impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised, and we did not value him. Now, this description of the Messiah, this description of one who is despised, rejected, is oftentimes referred to as the man of sorrows. Contrast that with Paul's description in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 31. Paul says, don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day, referring to the tribulation period, will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. This brings us to our seventh contrast, and that's simply this, truth versus lies. There are many passages we could use for this particular characteristic, But for our purposes, we're going to use John chapter 14, verses 5 and 6. There we read the following. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, compare and contrast that with a description we've already read by Paul in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. says the following. The coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working, with all kinds of false miracles, signs, and wonders, and with every unrighteous deception among those who are perishing. And why did they perish? Paul says they perished because they did not accept the love of the truth in order to be saved. It is very clear that the Messiah and his message and his work are all based in truth. Whereas the Antichrist, his message, his words, his works, are all based on deception. They're all based on lies. Well, that brings us to our eighth contrast, which is humility versus pride. 
Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, about the Messiah's humility. He says this, Make your own attitude that of Messiah Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Messiah is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So, we see in Paul's description there that this Messiah, this individual, emptied himself, humbled himself, even to the point of suffering a terrible, agonizing death on a cross. Compare this with Paul's description in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 4 of the Antichrist. Paul says, He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he sits in God's sanctuary, publicizing that he himself is God. So, we see clearly that the Messiah, based in truth, emptied himself, humbled himself, whereas the Antichrist, based in lies, based in deception, exalts himself and tries to take the place of God as an object of worship, even defiling the temple. This brings us to our ninth contrast between the Messiah and the Antichrist. And that's this. Whereas the Messiah possesses deity, the Antichrist simply professes deity. In the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, John writes the following about the risen Lord. Look, he is coming in the clouds, and every eye will see him including those who pierced him. And all the families of the earth will mourn over him. This is certain. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, the one who is, who was, and who is coming, the Almighty. As is made clear by many passages in the Bible, the Messiah possesses deity, especially since God has placed his image on him, has indwelt him, and the scriptures teach that God came in the form of man. That is the Messiah. Now, compare that with someone who simply professes deity, but doesn't actually possess it. We see this in a couple different passages. Daniel chapter 11, verse 36 states, Then the king will do whatever he wants. He will exalt and magnify himself above every god, and he will say outrageous things against the god of gods. He'll be successful until the time of wrath is completed, because what has been decreed will be accomplished. You see, the Messiah possesses deity because it was granted to him, it was given to him by the only one who really can give deity. That's God the Father. And the Antichrist, who's again based in false miracles, deceptions, and lies, professes deity. Now, the really sad thing 
is that the Bible tells us the whole world will eventually be enraptured by the Antichrist. Even though it's false, even though what he's saying is completely untrue and the works he's doing are based on false spirits, the Bible calls them false miracles, he is the one the world will worship. But the reality is, is that the the world, humanity, would be much better off to worship the man of sorrows. Humanity would be much better off to follow the one who humbled himself, even to the point of death. Humanity would be much better off to follow the one who has been given the title Son of God, not Son of Perdition. Well, finally, this brings us to our tenth contrast. While the Messiah is the King of Kings, the Antichrist is simply the King of the Earth. We see this in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. John writes the following, John, to the seven churches in Asia, grace and peace to you from the one who is, who was, and who is coming, from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Messiah, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. So we see there that the Messiah is the ruler over all the kings of the earth. Essentially, he's the ruler of the universe. And he is the one who is, who was, who is coming. You see, he is also the Alpha and Omega. The Messiah is pre-incarnate. He is eternal, never having a beginning, never having an end. Compare this with John's words in Revelation chapter 13, verses 5 through 8. He says this, A mouth was given to him, speaking of the Antichrist, to speak boasts and blasphemies. He was also given authority to act for 42 months. He began to speak blasphemies against God, to blasphemy his name and his dwelling, those who dwell in heaven. And he was permitted to wage war against the saints and to conquer them. He was also given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All those who lived on the earth will worship him. Everyone whose name was not written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slaughtered. We see there there's a clear contrast. Jesus is the King of Kings. He's representative in the flesh of the Almighty God of Israel. Whereas, the Antichrist is simply the ruler of this earth, and only for a time, until such time as the restrainer is taken out of the way. In conclusion, we've covered just ten differences between the Messiah, who is God incarnate, and the Antichrist. Since none of us listening to this podcast are either the one true God or the evil false God, we have a decision to make. Who are we going to follow? Who are we going to model our behavior after? Who do we ultimately trust with our souls after death? For many people, they would not purposely choose to follow Satan or the evil one or the Antichrist if they knew he was the Antichrist. The problem is, is that most people believe 
by not specifically choosing evil on a conscious level, they're good people. They're going to be okay. But this is a false concept created by the liar himself. And it's a trap. The scriptures teach us that rejection of God's representative, the Messiah, is equivalent to acceptance of the devil's representative, the Antichrist. Listener, as each day passes, we are one day closer to both the Messiah's arrival and the revealing of the Antichrist. Therefore, the question is very appropriate, whom will you serve? Thanks so much for joining us on the Tove Podcast. You can find other podcasts by visiting lifeinmessiah.org or download them anywhere else you get your podcasts. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.